Hi, I'm Rachel Roerig. And I'm Heidi Schamberg. And this is the Market Meets Podcast. We are here to introduce you to the people behind the marketplace. The owners, entrepreneurs, investors, and community leaders who are driving the real estate economy and transforming our community. Their stories are unique. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories will make you see your community in a brand new light. These are the people behind the market. Hear ye, hear ye, the queen has arrived. The queen of crap, that is. Today we are joined by Kathy Pear of Pear Project Services, who has literally made a career out of buying and selling unwanted crap, office crap in particular. All you earth lovers out there will be impressed by Kathy's matchmaking ability of saving office furniture headed to landfills and redirecting it to a new home. Hello, Kathy Pear. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Rachel and Heidi. We're so happy to have you. So listeners, today we have Kathy Pear from Pear Project Services. Yes. That is She nailed it. And she is also known as the queen of crap. Crap, people. And (laughs) C-R-A-P. And Kathy, how did you get that nickname? Tell us. Do tell. Well, I gave it to myself. (laughs) What I do, I say I take crap out of buildings and I find new homes for crap. (laughs) Nobody I work with likes being associated with crap except me. Yeah. (laughs) Of humor. What can I say? I love it. It's like what you do. Hey, just call it like it is. When when people are getting rid of it, they're like, you can take all this crap. And then when people are buying it, they're like, I need this crap. crap. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually, I need really cheap, stuff yeah yeah oh you mean crap yeah (laughs) you're like why I happen to have a little bit of crap (laughs) oh my god do we have a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah so where do you keep all this like speaking of where are you keeping all this crap okay (laughs) well it's not in my garage anymore we have a warehouse very close to 56th and Havana in Denver oh cool unfortunately when we looked for space in Boulder, it was all about three times the cost of the mm. space we were able to find in Denver. Weird. So, you know, <laughs> my co-workers and I all live up in Boulder and Louisville. We drive down there about three or four days a week. We kind of take turns. Mm-hmm. So we found all the back roads and figured out, get there quickly. Yes. Oh, wow. So tell us, how did you get into this? You didn't just start being like, I'm going to be the queen of crap, y'all. Give me your stuff. Like, really, how did it start? Uh-huh. Well, I was an office furniture dealer for many years. I sold my first company, Pair Commercial Interiors, in 1996. And I sold my second company, Citron Workspaces, in 2014. Wow. Both sales went really well initially, but within a year, they didn't want to hear from me much anymore. Mm. And I hear that that's pretty common, but as, you know, the mother of the business, I took it very personally when I was thrown out on my keister. And the second time it happened, I thought, you know, I must not be as much fun to work with as I think I am. No. (laughs) No. Anyway, I was sitting at my computer trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do now? 
because I was so not ready to retire. You know, even though people say, well, you don't have to work, do you? I'm like, absolutely, because either that or you can put me in a padded room. And right. You enjoy I, it and you need it. My meals. Yeah. I love working. It's my game. You know, essentially what we do, I've come up with a new name for it. Commercial furniture matchmaking. So oh, we can put that. a little designation on our card. Love Kathy it. E. CFM. Like. <laughs> Nobody knows what that means. It's kind of a joke. But it's like, like you know, all the other acronyms out there. Sure. Anyway, when I was thinking about what to do, I started having lunch meetings or coffee with all my friends in the furniture business because everybody I knew was in the furniture business. And asking them, what do you need help with? And the one thing everybody needed help with was how to figure out when they sold people new furniture, what happens to the old stuff? Yes. And most people are ruefully unprepared for dealing with that. They're just clueless until they get a bid from somebody for moving the furniture, mm. at which point they're like, Oh shit. Holy crap. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They can't believe that it's going to cost almost as much to tear it down, yep. move it out of a building downtown, move it to another location, sometimes put it in storage for a while, then bring it to, you know, wherever it's going to end up and reinstall it. Right. By that time, you might as well buy new furniture. Right. Plus, furniture, which was very stable for years and years we used to complain technology changes but the furniture never changes well thank god finally it did and now nobody wants those maroon heavy tall cubicles Mm -hmm. that people were using for all those years so again there's not a market for all of it Right. But we do a combination of what we call rehoming. So that consists of reselling the best stuff, donating probably about 40% of what we take out when we do a complete decommission, and recycling. And then ultimately, we do have to throw out some. Right. There are people who have a business model in Canada company called green standard and they claim to reuse something like 96 or 98% of what they take out. I find that impossible to believe based on my experience, Mm -hmm. unless they have somewhere in Namibia that they have found is dying for. Yes. Yeah. There's no way on earth. Yeah. much of it gets reused. In fact, in our roughly 25,000 square foot warehouse, we have the remains of several projects from other dealers that promise to recycle stuff. And what they realize is that wood that's been treated, painted or glued, can't be recycled. So that's the biggest nut to crack right now. If anybody has any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. 
What percentage then in comparison, I mean, just because you threw out that percentage, which seems, yes, highly unachievable, what percentage are you at as far as keeping out of a landfill? Right now, we're around 92%. Holy moly, that's amazing. Yeah, we try. But that's where the donation angle comes in. Mm -hmm. Our latest thing is some friends of ours are heavily involved with the Humane Society in Taos, New Mexico, and they are now running a cat cafe okay, to try to get more funding mm-hmm. for main society. As part of that, they have a thrift shop. I mean, basically, it's a thrift shop with an activity, which is the cat cafe. So they come up whenever they run out of stuff to resell, and we fill up a full big truck for them of whatever we have that we can donate at the time that they think would be good, and we give them you know, most of our used lounge furniture, and then people can sit in these club chairs with the kitties and <laughs> sure. it's a really that's great, great time. Yeah. So that's one way that, you know, we've gotten creative to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Denver's a fairly sophisticated market, so it's there's not a lot of demand for this old dated stuff. But even up in Wyoming, sure. you find places where a different market yeah. discovering mm-hmm. cubicles now they're like holy oh moly what are these things <laughs> you're like give me those walls what is that wall right <laughs> well i was gonna ask if that's what you like have a lot of mm-hmm. leftover like i feel like when cubes yeah. come down they're like take up a ton of room and they just are never ending plus they're so well, customized i feel like to a space that when people leave yeah. it's yeah. the last thing to come probably with them Yeah, that's one of the things that I've learned when on the flip side, when we work with people that are re, you know, asking us to do a new facility for them with our used product, we really encourage them to keep your panel sizes small, you know, use like all 36 and 48s. Don't get some 30s and 36s and 42s because then you have an inventory that gets much more difficult to use. So for anybody who's designing office space, you want to keep sizes as consistent as possible so that it's more flexible the next time. So what trends are you noticing, like going away from the maroon and the thick, I remember the thick, like knitted almost covering, what furniture, commercial furniture trends are you seeing? Well, what we're seeing is people going to co-working spaces, and I'm sure you've seen that. Locally, there's Galvanize. Mm-hmm. Nationally, there's WeWork. And there are a whole lot of other smaller ones. Probably once a month, we have somebody show up opening a new co-working space. Mm-hmm. And frequently, it's just because they had some vacant space. They're like, hmm, <laughs> vacant space. I can just put some tables yeah. in it. Yeah. You look guilty. <laughs> no, it's just a misconception, though. I mean, I yeah. think, yeah, that does happen. And I, I think a right. lot more goes into it. But yeah. More goes into it. But mm-hmm. people start out that way. Sure. And frequently they figure it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a second. There's a lot more to it than that. There's some really nice little small yeah, boutique cases. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those people are not using many panels at all. They want something as industrial looking as possible. They love to collaborate. So if you can have like a big table with comfortable chairs that everybody can sit down on and eat and talk and use their laptops, their 
they're happy. But yeah. what's not getting used much is the vertical space. And that was one of the nice things about cubicles. That's true. It was a good way to use the vertical mm -hmm. space. So I'm sure that that's going to come, come up back. soon. Mm -hmm. You know, as these co-working spaces get more and more dense, they're going to want to use that vertical space and what that looks like, whether they hang stuff from the ceiling or right. have it coming up from the floor, who knows? Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, a few years ago, everyone was like open workspaces, open space. And, you know, that's still that's yeah. still a trend. However, we're seeing more people are like, OK, I need more offices, some private and right. yeah, some private. private meeting rooms for calls and, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's now more of a mix, I'd say, than just wide open space. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with co-working, because as you go through them, I mean, I've been through everyone. It's very yeah. loud. Oh, so loud. very loud. You can't even like think on a call if you're like surrounded by people all on calls. You're like, yeah. oh, my God. I'm like, give me one of those cubicles. The telephone rooms. They had to make telephone rooms to combat the fact right. that people needed to be on the phone. Yeah. Right. These little phone booths. booths yeah. yeah. Do you see? I have my own personal phone booth. Unfortunately, it's on wheels. <laughs> yeah. It's called a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I do my calls. Most of them. I spend a lot of time sitting in front of the next place that I'm mm -hmm. going to. Right. I'll just sit there for half an hour. I'm in my phone booth. It works great. Right. Yeah. Have you actually seen the phone booths come through ever to your Oh, like an or actual bit. Like the physical. I haven't any of them used yet, okay. but I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, Those are sweet. Those are pretty cool, actually. We have the stuff that was trending five to ten years ago and that makes longer. Sense. Okay. Not most current stuff, but I think they're really cool. Yeah, they're expensive too. So when you get one, let us know. We could put it they're to good really use. They're really expensive, yeah. I mean, it's cheaper we than building it. an office, you know, if you think about yeah, it. If sure. you're going to build an office, it's expensive. So you might it as well buy one that room. you can take with you if you have to build it yourself anyway. <laughs> put when it in a truck. proposal to liquidate or decommission all of the contents of a building in uh, Denver on Lincoln. And wow. in there, they had soundproof acoustic booths for editing, for film editing, I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they look kind of like torture cells. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Really good acoustically. You're we like, but acoustically, those. they're pretty nice. We could use one yeah. of those for our podcast. Yeah, we might need one of those. Can we both well, fit in it? I got them. <laughs> there were three of them, and I'll be calling you guys. Oh, first. sure. Oh, thank you. Tell us about. I, I'm interested to hear. Like, so that project, you're brought in to decommission entire building. How many square feet are we talking? In that case, each floor plate is about twenty thousand. There are eleven floors. Whoa! So, so where are you going to yeah. put all that? Yeah. Who's the match? Who Queen are you matching crack, them where with? Where are you going to put it? Well, a lot of it, the older metal stuff is just going straight to recycle. You know, they have an incredible number of old filing cabinets. Oh. Filing cabinets, sadly, are so not in demand. Yeah. Except by some of the homeless shelters that are using the lower ones as dressers. Okay. You can use the lateral file as a dresser. Okay. So we've donated for those purposes. But other than that, almost all of them go straight to recycling. Okay. And do you have to pay to recycle them or do they pay you? No. 
They actually pay us to recycle. Perfect. Not electronic equipment, so we don't handle that. But for metal, straight metal, aluminum, and steel, yes, they don't pay a lot. Yeah. Well, you have to get it there. It costs you money to get it there, move it there. It does. It does. You're barely breaking even. We have an arrangement with a family in Denver now. It's their family business. They're metal scrappers. And they come whenever we call them and tell them we have a lot of metal. Mm -hmm. And they haul it away for free. They keep the money. It's a win-win deal. That's awesome. Well, it's win-win for everybody. I mean, better than going in a landfill. Yeah. Yep. And moving companies are one of the main places that we get our referrals. Frequently, the moving companies are told, just get rid of this stuff. Mm. For them to get rid of it, they don't have the time. It's a full-time job for us to find new homes homes for all this stuff. I'm I'm sure. sure. Yeah, I can imagine. It's very time-consuming. And we've, thank goodness, now we've got a pretty good database of every nonprofit in the state. And honestly, we don't care if they're nonprofits. If it's a good cause, sure. we'll donate it. You know, we don't get tax write-offs for donating because we can only deduct our cost basis in the product, which is essentially the cost of moving it. Right. It's not- so even if it were a um, $2,000, you know, classic Herman Miller lounge piece, if we donate it, it's going to be worth about 30 bucks. Yeah, whatever it so costs to move it. Write it off. Look that yeah. way at all. What is the coolest thing that you've seen or that you, your company's picked up? Hmm. What's the coolest thing? Right now, we have some beautiful Herman Miller. I hate advertising for Herman Miller, but it, it's a great company. Swoop Seating. Mm. It, you look that up on eBay. It's a I will. Yeah, me too. Bentwood frame <laughs> chair. Okay. And it has two different styles of ottomans to go with it that are very adorable. Nice. And How much are they? On eBay, you know, there there are places where they're people touch them up a little bit and sell them as, you know, really good condition for twelve hundred dollars. Wow. So We've been selling those for, you know, in the threes. Nice. But we don't want to repair, touch up. Sure. That's one of the things we don't do. So people buy stuff. As is. We do clean it. We do okay. clean it. Well, that makes We're sense. Not, that's a different business. Like refurbishing. Yeah, of course. But refurbishing or doing stuff like that, that's a totally different yeah, right. business. We're looking at them up and they're, they're here's cute. one for 1700 Aren't they nice? Did you find one for 1700 Yeah. yeah. A smoking it? deal of 1760 Ah. <laughs> yeah. And they're there cool. are a couple of sites other than eBay that sell classic, you know, high-end pieces. But 99% of what we get is not classic high-end pieces. It's sure. more mundane. But a lot of it's nice. And some of the stuff we donate just because it's the wrong color. It's right. the color that nobody wants right now. We had so much orange furniture yeah. about two <laughs> years ago. We could not get rid of it. Yeah. We were trying to run a, you know, a little ads on Craigslist. Hey, Broncos fans. You right. know, <laughs> Come get this orange crap. Nobody wanted it. Now, 
we have people calling us and asking for orange. Oh We're my like, gosh. Yeah. You're like, we couldn't get rid of it. Uh, right? Give it away. So, the trends, so we end up donating a lot of stuff just because it may be just as good right. as another one that we can resell, but it's yep. the wrong color and nobody wants it. Yep. How often do you think you turn over your warehouse? Like bringing stuff in, getting stuff in. <sighs> you know, I know that we don't look at inventory turns because we really traditionally, we don't have traditional inventory. Right. You know, we hope that stuff comes in and goes out really quickly. I would say almost all of it is gone within a year. Cool. Probably half of it is gone within 60 days. Oh, and wow. then the rest trickles out. That's good. That's and that's not easy stuff to move. I right. I feel like that is right. That's the hard part. Is that the biggest challenge you face is like the trends like we were talking about and just keeping up with what people, the demand. People have described it. It's literally raining office furniture. Yeah. And we're trying to catch it all yes. with a tablespoon. Right. We yeah. know. I mean, we know at least a little bit of that just because it's like, and we don't know it as in depth as you do, but we face it when someone's yeah relocating and then it doesn't go in the new space or it doesn't fit the new space. And then the landlord's stuck getting rid of it or like somebody just left it there. They left their lease. They don't want the cubicles. Now what? And then unfortunately people don't know how to solve that problem themselves or they don't have the time to really figure it out. We knew it was a big problem. It is. Yeah. We're here to solve that problem. So anytime you run into that, call Kathy Pear. Kathy Pear. The queen of crap. crap. All the queen of crap. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, I forgot my crown. Yes, you should have. Oh. We're going to get you a crown. My green heart mm-hmm. adores and loves everything that you're doing because I think that moving is so wasteful in general. Like all the boxes, all the things you throw away because you just don't want to take the time to, you know, take re-home. it to, yeah, mm-hmm. rehome it, take it to where it needs to go. People can have garage sales and they can give it to their kid that's moving into an apartment or going away to college. But you can't do that with office furniture. Yeah. Uh, you might be same. able to send home a few chairs, but the rest of it, nobody wants. Mm-hmm. So I have constantly conversations with people who think they have an asset. And I have to tell them, you really have a liability. liability. Yeah. It's true. So mm-hmm. you charge people, obviously, to pick up, like to clean out an office. What we do ranges from somebody calling us and saying, hey, I've got six, you know, swoop chairs. Would you buy them from us? And in a case like that, yeah, absolutely. We know we can turn around. If we could buy them for 150 and sell them for 300 we're happy. Why not? But it ranges from that, a few good pieces that we buy to a whole building full, you know, the 11 floors. 11 floors. floors. So it depends. So we don't charge when it's really good resellable stuff. Then we'll say, hey, it's a good deal for everybody. You know, we'll take it out for you for free and we'll resell what we can and donate the rest. But that's a good deal for everybody. But when it's the kind of stuff that's going to sit for a long time or it's almost all donation or recycle, we have to charge because... The three of us that are currently working in the business, we're all women. 
we don't, we're not furniture movers. Right. We'd like to help people out, but since we can't carry stuff out of the building, sure. we have to hire movers. Right. Yeah. So it's reciprocal though. You know, we get referrals from movers and we give them referrals when we, you know, and business when we need stuff moved. That's a good match. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good relationship. It is. Yeah. And I love and that. And one I, thing we know is who the good movers are. I was going to say, I mean, yeah. yeah. We know who to call. Everybody call Kathy Pear for your <laughs> movie referrals. I won't tell you who the bad ones are, but I will tell you who the good All ones right. are. All right. I like yeah. it. We like that. <laughs> we love that it's woman-owned and yeah. a team of three, it sounds like. Currently. Okay. Yeah. We actually were talking to some guys about oh. joining. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, how many chairs can you lift in a day? You know? <laughs> we realize that's really terrible, but you know, I physically can't do it. Sure. Even if I wanted to. Right. So. <laughs> what is your favorite part about the business? I love putting stuff together for somebody that needs an office full of furniture. You know, we have a contract designer who does everything on AutoCAD and we make sure everything fits and it's just finding all the little pieces. It's like working a jigsaw puzzle for uh, me and for all three of us. That's really fun. That is fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, we know where that last piece is. We can find it. So yeah. I feel like the whole thing though is it feels like it's intrinsically rewarding because you're helping to solve people's problems, right? Which is enjoyable for you, right. it sounds like, but you're also helping out the environment, keeping things from going into a landfill, donating to people in need. I mean, what's not it to like? It like seems a like win, a win-win. Win. Yeah. Win. I, yeah we did a piece on um, showing the Grand Canyon full of old uh, office. Yeah. Somebody photoshopped it for us. It was so cute, but nobody really got the idea. Oh, it I would have. This was a number of years ago in my previous company. We did still did some of the recycling, but not to the extent that we do now. Right. I was just going to ask, do you know how many pieces you like save from offices and how on a yearly Like from basis? a landfill? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. We do inventory diversion sheets for some clients that want those. And, you know, we just don't do them for enough of the projects. Right. But that's one of the things that if, you know, I did not at all intend to start a third company. (laughs) At the first year I said, I am not starting another business. It's just too, too demanding. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. They're just, you know, do I want to do adult daycare again? I'm like, no. So, but you just couldn't help yourself. But, um, (laughs) it just started to grow. And we, now we have some people trying to put some systems in place for us. People that are better technically than I am. You know, I can do that stuff. If you tie me to a chair Sure, and, you know, have a gun to me right <laughs> now sit down and do that spreadsheet like no yeah but screen, I'll do it right. I'm not good at it and I really am I appreciate the heck out of other people who are good at things that I'm not good at mm-hmm. because they feel good doing those things and I feel good doing other things it's a perfect 
We actually learned a lot about that last year. We call it high value activity. Really, we learned what are not our high value activities. And and even this podcast taught us a little bit about that because the technical side of it is not where we shine, you know? But the good news is there's people that do shine doing that. So, yeah. And they're usually just graduating from college, right? <laughs> this, this, our particular producer who we found is not. He's like amazing, but I mean, it's just a different personality and just and he that's has, what makes it amazing. And he has the patience to deal with us too. Oh my God, like who can do that? Kicking and screaming too. Yeah, we did a little bit of that. Yeah. He's screaming. so zen and we're just like not zen. We're like the opposite of zen, so it's great. Uh-huh. You know. Well, there's focus. Focus. Zen. Very yes. focused. Yes. There we go. I, exactly. I can play one on TV if I have to for a short time. Right. Short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like in a meeting, yes, I will be this very staid business person, but I hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> me too. It's it's not not me. A, no. Yeah. And it's exhausting to try to be something that we're not. You're not. So why right. bother? Mm-hmm. It is exhausting. Yeah. I almost always get a headache doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners or just talk about that we haven't touched on already? One thing that I think is kind of cool. When I first got into business, which was around 1978, I immediately noticed that there were only one or two women in every room. I still don't know where the others were at that time. Yeah. But I, I started to think, okay, there are three power attributes. Being male, being big and looking good in a suit, kind of like a what I call a suit hanger. And three is being older, mm. you know, to credibility. Mm-hmm. Thank God I finally got one of those. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, if you stick with if it you long wait enough, long, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you wait long enough, this too shall come. But what yeah, changes me and Nancy Pelosi and Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg. Oh my God, Ruth. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, mm-hmm. that's a good thing to think about though. Like, so have you seen now you go into probably a lot of corporate offices and what's that change? Uh, hopefully you're seeing some change there in that oh, mix. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think technology has made women equal in a lot of areas, you know, because they're, if you're, Same you're either good at that or you're not, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're male, female, purple, green, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Same access to information and. And yeah, conversely, levels. like all of us, if you're not good at that, you just kind of find those people that are, right? Exactly. Right. That's true. Thank goodness they're out there. Yes. Yeah. Great. Tell us how our listeners can find you. Okay. They can find us on www.pairprojectservices.com. And my personal cell phone number is also my home number. It's my business number. The day I got rid of three different landlines and fax machines, I was like, <laughs> was liberating. So happy. Yeah. Because 
can actually remember my own phone number now. And it's 303-513-1033. And if I'm sleeping, I won't answer it. <laughs> I love it. You guys mm-hmm. just call. Don't wake her up. Just people. call Kathy because she is the best queen and the queen of crap. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today and learning about the world of secondhand furniture. We hope that this inspires you to do something different with your unwanted items. There's always somewhere and someone that needs it more than the landfill. For more information or to connect with Kathy about your furniture needs, check out her bio and contact information on our website and in the comments.